2002, it was guys like low-key Christopher Daniels who laid the foundation for this company. It's guys like AJ Styles and Samoa Joe that are still putting bricks on this company. Fear money! TNA is a bunch of hardworking young athletes who are looking to change the wrestling world. Grey Wolf Entertainment presents Maximum Impact with Ned and Nims. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night, and welcome to a huge edition of Maximum Impact, brought to you by the Grey Wolf Network. My name is Nims Azort, joined as always by my buddy, my partner in crime, the one and only Ned Tepper. And I gotta say, Neddy, I don't know about you, but after episode one that we did of Maximum Impact, we've seen a lot of Impact fans come out of the woodwork, aren't we? Oh, man. What a way to kick things off with Maximum Impact, man. They're coming out of the woodwork and we're only just getting started, Nims. And then to go on to that special edition too, to talk to Tony Schiavone, Dirk Manning, talking all things wrestling, butts in seats. I look back at it though, Nims, and you've cut up some great promos for it. Jump into my head for a second and Mm. answer me this. What was I thinking when I said to Tony Schiavone, oh, you'd be a metalhead, wouldn't you? (laughs) (laughs) You never know, man. You never know. Like, and the best part that I loved about that entire thing was just how cool Tony was because he's just like, nope, love the 80s, 80s, and I hate the 90s. Don't come at me. Yeah, he really offended me with that too, Nims, because I am a <laughs> massive fan of the 90s. I'm like, okay, Shivani, that's cool. No, but I, I absolutely loved him. That was, if you haven't checked it out, you need to check this out on the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network. It's all over those streaming platforms and whatnot. And you can check out the video right here on our Facebook page. What are we? Grey Wolf Impact, I believe, Nims. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Such, such and- a good one, man. And just so great to chat to someone that we grew up listening to. It was so bizarre because, like, so Tony Schiavone's voice has not changed one bit. That's what I love. And to hear him be like, G'day, Nims. How are you, Ned? How are you? And was just like, oh, my God, this is Tony Schiavone. This is the same guy that was, like, calling, you know, Hulk Hogan, you can go to hell kind of thing. <laughs> His voice hasn't changed, but he himself looks very different. Yeah. Like, he, he, but he's, like, he hasn't aged badly or anything. He just, I guess it's like 20, 30 years ago now, man, which is quite scary. Yeah, I don't want to think that it's 20, 30 years ago because it seems like it was only about five or six. <laughs> yeah, very, very <laughs> true, my man. But yeah, a whole bunch of fun. And that, that Butts and Seeds comics, definitely got to get the pre-order on for that. Hey, if you're lucky enough to live in the States right now and you can be around, uh, if you've got some free time during August 20 onwards, make sure you do get down to Astronomicon 4. It's going to be huge. There's a lot of stuff there for wrestling fans as well as pop culture fans, horror, comics, you name it. It is all there. But yeah, uh, you can still grab some tickets, I believe. But check out their Facebook page. It is very, very cool. But Nettie, you talk about 20 and 30 years, bro. It's funny that we remember Nitro like it was only five or six years ago when we're talking about a company that is almost 20 years old in TNA with the Maximum Impact Impact Podcast. (laughs) Well, that's exactly right, man. This is the one that came in. So, yeah, very, very solid point right there, Azor. (laughs) And what a great brand it is. And I guess that's what we need to be talking about is the TNA Impact side of things. But before we do jump into that, Nims, I said I had something cool to show you. Yeah, let's have a look. It is WWE, and this is going to be nothing for the podcast side of things. But do you know how you always bring out and show me that 
the rock and John Cena figure that you have. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. The one that, that you, be- so, so you, so for those playing at home now, that's, that's at my parents' house in safekeeping at the moment. Uh, it's hanging up on the wall there because when Nettie got it for me, uh, I was still ferrying back and forth between um, H town and back in Melbourne. So I, it's, it's like currently on the wall like mounted it's very very cool along with another there's a rumbler that Nettie got me for my birthday as well a cm punk and john cena one which i still also have up on the wall as well but uh, yeah the john cena and um and the rock battle pack it's actually worth a fair bit of coin now which is very very cool and i intend to like keep it mint um first off just not just because it's worth a lot of money but it's got a lot of sentimental attachment to me as well but uh yeah it's still up in the wall still got it in great condition and uh yeah it's it's going gang uh, gangbusters money wise i love that right there because every now and again you'll send it to me and go oh Nettie, this one's still worth you know 80 90 dollars or whatever it is now and i'm like i always say to myself i cannot believe like I, I like i remember getting it for you but usually that is a figure pack that i would be all over man like why mm. didn't i you know buy two Turns out, Mr. Resort. Oh, you're kidding. I did buy two. Yes. <laughs> this is about as mint as JSL Herbert. That ain't that ain't I don't know that. if you can see. Oh, look at that. But water damage on the package. Oh. Man. Well, that can't, can't be, this- that can't be JSL Herbert damage because he hasn't set foot in a body of water since it rained a download. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though, man. They're not in good shape at all. But yes, this is like <laughs> it's. Uh, I need to show it to you in person, and for those playing at home and on the podcast side of things, it's it's got some water damage. It was out in the shed, but I, I did I did the selfish old man thing, and I'm like, I must have got myself one for me and one for you as well. So there you go. Hang on to that. Not one, in man. your shape, though. Hang on to that one. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, it's very, very cool too. I believe um, it's what's actually pretty cool. We're talking about figures, uh, wrestling figures. We actually got, well, you got a, a Jay Lethal signed action figure, a TNA one, which I don't think you can actually get anymore. Like, Is that true? 100%. You cannot find those little cross the line figures from back in the day. And I see Nettie searching. He's got it in the green room there. There it is. Look at that. How cool is that? It's funny as that because we actually saw Jay Lethal at um at, at like a little show in Melbourne. He came out here. He came down under, and I remember he was so blown away when you gave him that figure. It was just like whoa. Yeah, man. I tell you what, and like here's something that the older you get, you sort of think about a little bit more. It's often talk about this with my wife, Anna. It's like, you should never meet your heroes because they don't turn out to be quite as cool as what you, you sort of thought it's happened over time with me. It definitely didn't happen with Tony Schiavone Mm -hmm. and it definitely didn't happen with Jay Lethal. That man had literally jumped off a plane the night before he's wrestling in front of like a small crowd, but he was one of the most humble down to earth people that I've ever met in my life. So good with, my son Brody and he was all over that TNA figure as well right there man I just not enough time for Jay Lethal like it just such a great great humble dude I also had the chance to um, meet Christopher Daniels and Kazarian uh, when I went to Wrestlemania it was very very cool and I got to say those guys were also very very humble gave me so much time of day in fact now this is when Christopher Daniels was Ring of Honor champion as well this is how cool of a dude he was for the photo so it's me and Kazarian Christopher Daniels actually said do you want to hold a belt 
And I was just like, yes. are you sure? And he's like, because this is your <laughs> legit belt, dude. And it weighs a fair bit. He's like, no, nah, go for it, man. Hold it. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> like those guys, old school TNA dudes are such humble cats. And I think it's because they realized that they were part of something special. And the fans that really liked them back then, uh, you know, stick with them forever. And they're really appreciative of it, no matter what they've done in their career, which is what sort of leads us to this episode. Now, we wanted to go and look back at some of the guys and gals that we liked in TNA. Now, we're going to go to the glory days. I'm talking like 04, 05 or whenever to current times because Impact is still pumping out some really, really good stuff. Now, not going to say like if you want to say that, you know, Brian Myers is doing some the best TNA work of your life and that's one of your favorites, then by all means, go do it. If you want to say that Raven is one of your favorites, that's all good. We're not having any criteria. This is just down to personal preference and to show that we just love TNA and how good it was and how good it still is. So, Nettie, do you want to get the ball rolling? Who's one of your favorite old school TNA guys? I do right there. And now that you've mentioned those two, especially Raven there, I'm like, man. I didn't even give Raven a look in, but I did give this one a, a fair bit of thought, Nims. Mm. And straight away, you're probably going to think, and anyone that knows me is going to think, he's going to say AJ Styles. So I wanted to catch you guys off the bat. And I've said, of course, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, they're basically TNA. So I've, they're I've crossed in, them off. Yeah. They're straight in. So I'm not going to count those two guys because, well, it's, everyone it's does. Obvious. Yeah, everyone does yeah. right there. So straight off the bat, my first favorite TNA will be a TNA wrestler will be a, a knockout in the one and only Velvet Sky, man. Oh. With the pigeons <laughs> loose, as Donnie West would say, I love Velvet Sky. We need to bring up that we also met Velvet Sky at a House of Hardcore show back I've in... I've got this here, man. I've got this. I think it's 2020... 20, oh, I can't remember what it was. But the thing that I really loved about you meeting Velvet Sky was... So you were there with the kids. Uh, your lovely um, girls were there. And they got photos with Velvet Sky and you did as well. And then there was just like, right, now another one just with me and Velvet. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right and the really bad thing about this is Aura, and i'm glad you know you brought that up because i've got it here as well i met her she called me honey doll to this day i'll never forget that i'm like yeah hell yeah i'll take that but the funny thing here was is because like they all do in these meet and greets is you've got to pay for the photos and like it's how they make a bit of yeah how they get their coin like, yeah yeah, it is. It's how they definitely get their coin. And it was the beautiful people. So Angelina Love was there as well. And I'm not sure if you remember this is all, but it was like, you can either get your photo with Velvet Sky or Angelina Love or both. And at the time, I didn't have enough money to have them both. And obviously I've been a lifelong Velvet Sky fan. Like she is just the bee's knees sort of things. I love her more than Herb's loves not showering. Mm. Now this, it, I know that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, so I've just gone, damn it, I'm going to have to go with Velvet. And I'll never forget as all how sort of self-faced Angelina Love was over this, man. She was not happy. I don't think this would have ever happened to them before. Like the way, She was like, man, you can ask Anna about this because she took the photo. She, she took goes, the photo, Angelina yeah. Angelina Love did Ned's, not look happy. Ned's wife actually took the photo of this too. And this is, this, and this is actually what... No word of a lie. That that is what happened. So we've all done the the photos of the group ones. Then like I'll grab another one, please. And and like Angelina loves like yeah, sure thing. And Ned sort of like very awkwardly like I don't know how to say this. So I'm just is it all right if it's just me and Val? <laughs> and she looked at you like you just said, "Get away from me, you filthy leper." 
Yeah, yeah, pretty much, man. And I'm going to pop that picture, the one that I've got up on our Facebook and Instagram and whatnot, so people can see this. It's one mm. of the happiest times of my life as well. <laughs> much like... <laughs> I should play that down a little bit, but definitely we're talking old school. You can't get better than Velvet Sky, who is crazily enough around my age. I was looking into this man. He was a TNA knockouts champion. Of course, a part of the beautiful people who could not love the pigeons getting let loose as mm. it were. Uh, Azor. And of course, Don West, just crazy reactions when she jump into the ring, man, Velvet Sky through and through. She's my number one. How about yours, man? So I went with a, I went down the, a different path a little bit too, because like, I was sort of thinking like, obviously you did the same thing too. We'd be like, oh, you know, maybe a Gail Kim. Do you go with someone like Samoa Joe, Jeff Jarrett? Of course. It's like all of these guys. Oh, Jeff, they, guy then, and he's Mr. WWE. Yeah. Still well, can't get over that. I can't episode. get over that either. It's so <laughs> Sorry, weird. Man. But yeah, it's so strange how like you go through all the names that are guaranteed through the doors of like TNA Hall of Fame, guys like that. But I sort of dug a little bit deeper and I want to go with Alex Shelley. Oh, very, very interesting. I reckon. Very interesting. Because here's the thing. A lot of people would say Alex Shelley because of what he did with the Motor City Machine Guns and not going to discount anything with the guns because they had some great matches against the Young Bucks of all people when they were Generation Me back in the day. I remember that very well. Also had some great matches against Beer Money. Also very, very cool which is a very big clash of styles because uh, James Storm, I, I'm pretty sure. Not known you, for the high flying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm pretty sure if you put Alex Shelley and Chris Saban on top of each other, like put Alex Shelley on top of Chris Saban's shoulders, they kind of just meet James Storm's height because he's a big cat. <laughs> LAX, is. guys like that. But I want to talk yeah. about his work um, as part of Paparazzi Productions, which is very old school stuff they did with Kevin Nash. Now, this was this was like... And the funny thing too is if you go back and look at the paparazzi production videos on YouTube, they are so old school that they're not even in high def. They're not even in widescreen. Yeah. They're like square. I remember us talking about, I think we were talking about this in episode one as or if I remember correctly, that is, oh, so that was Shelly and Nash, was Nash. it? Mm. Yeah. See, I love that too. And that's what we talked about a little bit in episode one is how, how we sort of got onto impact and how cool it was where you would have those old school WWE guys or WCW guys coming in and sort of paving the way and working yeah. with these guys like Shelly and whatnot. I thought that was really super cool. Another cool thing about that is that led to some great matches like in the paparazzi productions videos with Kevin Nash Alex Shelley was feuding with Chris Saban. Like Chris Saban was a very big protagonist. Like he was actually having matches with Kevin Nash too, which is very, very cool. But he also yeah. had cool matches with Jay Lethal, Petey Williams, even Team 3D got in the mix with Paparazzi Productions because I think it was Austin Starr was the other dude and Johnny Devine. Those are two oh, cats. Man, that you're reeling out the names right now that I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, and I've, I'm, I don't even know what they're doing these days. But yeah, it was kind of cool to see Alex Shelley pop back up on the scene again because he did a little stint in NXT and then he came back to impact, which is very, very cool. But yeah, Alex Shelley gets my number one pick because I have never seen, I've never been more entertained by a guy that wasn't a WWE dude. Like I have with Alex Shelley. This is the sort of stuff that I was telling people on forums and like sharing links to people on MSN, like guys, check out Alex Shelley. He's really, really cool. So yeah, he gets my vote. Man, it's so funny that you say that as your vote for your number one. Because have you guessed who my number two was? You're kidding. Alex Shelley? Chris Saban. 
Chris Saban. Oh, man. the guns represent. The guns representing those guns all day, every day. It's all about the D, Detroit City, my man. And it was a toss-up between Saban and Shelly. Luckily, I went for Saban because you picked Shelly. We obviously haven't talked this over. <laughs> you going over stuff. But yes, man, my number two was Motor City Machine Guns. I still think they're the most decorated, the most fantastic tag team in what was... I suppose it's getting up there again, too. The best tag team wrestling anywhere in the world. Like, you just listed them off before, man. Like, you can't go past it. The guns, actually, when you think about it, they were such, they were so fresh and new, like Fastlane, as our boy Jay yes. would say. <laughs> but, like, the thing with the Motor City Machine Guns is, like, everyone talks about the Young Bucks now. How people are talking about the Young Bucks now is how people used to talk about the guns back in the day. They were the best thing that was going around in wrestling. Yeah, and to me, they still are the best thing that's going around in wrestling. It sort of always makes you think too. And like I've often talked about this sort of stuff with you as well, and this is kind of like what we're doing this podcast for, is AJ Styles finally got his due respect when he went over to WWE. It makes you wonder if the same thing would have happened with the Motor City Machine Guns if they did move on to what, you know, so-called greener pastures and they yeah. went on to WWE. Would they get, be getting the same pop as what AJ Styles is now? Because I truly believe just the charisma the you know just everything about them so damn good and the best in the world and it's just some amazing matches like you were talking about there lax and the machine guns they had some brilliant feuds and beer money of course Mm -hmm. the best wrestling man i I, you can't go past it and they were even able to mix it up with like the dudleys as well too like team 3d they had some pretty killer matches too and Shelly and Saban, they're small dudes. Well, they're smallish guys compared to like, you know, Team 3D and Beer Money. And they were able to wrestle circles around them. They were such cool uh, guys. We're, put, we're going to put this, put this out right now. If you've got Impact Plus, try and watch some Motor City Machine Guns matches. Hell, if you've, if you've got Ring of Honor's Honor Club, check out some of those matches there. They're New Japan matches. Everywhere these guys go, they have great matches. And it makes me think now, you're right, Nettie, what could they have done if they did get to the WWE? But, uh, hey, you know, that's one of those, uh, one of life's little what ifs, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of like that hidden treasure too, isn't it? It's kind of like kind of cool because we've got it, you know, to ourselves in there. And there's some things that I haven't really seen a lot of their work in Ring of Honor and such. So might have to go back and get my uh, Google on it, Nim. And I want you, dude, throughout the week to find that old footage uh, with Kevin Nash and Alex Shelley and post it up on the Facebook page, man. So people can see, I want to, you know, hit that YouTube link. So we know what people, people know what you're talking about there. Cause I want to relive that low definition <laughs> fun right there. Here's something else. So I don't know if you knew this is all, cause mm. I've been doing my research. I told you I did my research this time. It's less of two old men, you know, whatever <laughs> thinking, but did you know these boys are in a band together? I actually did. Alex Shelley oh, actually did. Alex, I actually, I didn't know they were in a band together, but I do know that Alex Shelley is a massive music nut. He, because uh, if you check his Twitter, half of it's pretty much more of it's music than it is wrestling. Is it really? There you go. Well, it's called The High Crusade. I've checked it out. I've listened to it. It's pretty good. It's a punk rock feel sort of thing. I think they're big fans of the Misfits and that kind of genre, which is, it's got me written all over it as well. So I would love to get these guys on Maximum Impact at some stage to discuss, you know, their band as well as their wrestling times, greatest matches and all that sort of thing, because they've had a very interesting career, man. And 
I want to find out more about this band. Like they've only got the one album out now. If you're on Spotify, you can check that out. Just search the high crusade, the high crusade. We'll have to check that out. And I think Alex Shelley's uh, Twitter account, if you're looking it up, if you're looking it up, it's at fake Kincaid. Uh, I don't know the relevance of that, but it's, yeah, it's pretty cool to check that out. Uh, moving on to my second pick. This one's a little bit out of left field because a lot of people, when I say this name will be like, Hmm, that's a strange one there as well. But I got to go. It's Herbs. <laughs> the one and only Rikishi. No. <laughs> yes. Now, the one that I got to go with is Christian Cage. That's not left field at all, man. Well, a it's... lot of people would sort of call him like, but he's a WWE guy. Like, yeah, but I will go to my grave saying that despite him being a world champion in WWE, despite him wrestling in AEW now, this guy's best work was done in TNA. It was. And I believe that Christian Cage really put TNA on the map. I remember when Christian Cage went over from the WWE to TNA. And that's when people, if my old man brain serves me, correct, started to take TNA seriously. And like, wow, Cage is wrestling at TNA. Look out. So yeah, you're right. He, he was probably more well-known for his AEW now. And of course, his WWE back in the day. But when he went to TNA, a lot of people followed suit. He certainly did. And he, he brought the eyes. He really did bring the eyeballs exactly. because like he was one of the first dudes. And then shortly after he did, Kurt Angle did. But exactly. It, he sort of got the ball rolling where he sort of, he chose not to re-sign with WWE. He decided, no, I'm going to go to TNA and see what I could do there. Had some absolutely great feuds with Kurt Angle. Had some great feuds with Joe, AJ Styles, Rhino, Sting. He got to get in the ring with some of these guys still relatively in their prime as well. Like we've seen Joe and AJ wrestling the WWE now, but they're not quite at the level that they were in the glory days of TNA. But another cool thing that Christian Cage did, and AJ Styles has gone on record in saying this, is that he really helped him develop as a character. Like, I don't know if you remember the Christian Coalition. It was, oh yeah, it was Christian, AJ Styles and Tomko. And they would, and, and even Scott Steiner Tom got involved. <laughs> And they were some of the best little segments and whatnot. And it was one of those things where it really helped out AJ Styles because you realize like, hang on, this guy can, he can talk. He can act. It's, he's not just a bounce off the ropes, do this flippy flop kind of guy. He's actually a really funny, funny dude. He's got a personality behind there. Yeah. And it's funny that you bring that up too, Azor. It's like people that are listening to this and think that they've seen his best work in the WWE have really got no idea, do they? Like that guy in his absolute prime, AJ Styles was in TNA, still going strong to this day, but his best work was easily in total nonstop action. And yeah, it's, it's really cool too that you say he's actually come out and said that he gives props to Cage for a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. And another cool thing is like, we're, we're not by any means, like think of AJ Styles in TNA as like the 96, 98 Bulls. Whereas AJ Styles in WWE is the Wizards run of Jordan. <laughs> he, it really is. And like, that's to take nothing away from the man because he is still phenomenal. But yes, man, best work in TNA. And if you haven't checked it out, you are missing out. Yeah, you're not wrong there. Um, do you want to go on to your next pick, Nettie? Yeah, well, this is into the modern day era. So we've gone for two and two, of course, Velvet Sky and Chris Saban for me, who were also a couple at one stage too there. I don't know if you knew that, some off work stuff. And crazily enough, it still blows my mind to this day as well. 
My girl, Velvet Sky, engaged a bully Ray of yeah. all people. Yeah. He must yeah. have a hell of a personality, all I can say. You really must. We talk about batting above your average, but let's get on to the... Uh, Oh, actually, before we go on to that, I'll give some notable side athletes that I had here, man. Amazing Red. Mm-hmm. Amazing. He could have made the cut. Chris Daniels, like you brought up before. And I had Homicide and Hernandez in there as well. But then you bring up people like Raven at the start of the show. And I'm like, man, I didn't even think of Raven. So TNA just home to so much goodness right there. And that's just the old school. Well, you just saying that sort of jogged my memory a little bit, talking about Amazing Red. I mean, Jerry Lynn also did some pretty cool stuff too. Jerry Lynn did some amazing things, yes. And that was when Jerry Lynn is at the quote-unquote back end of his career as well. <laughs> yeah, very, very true. But for the modern day, Azor, I'm just to make it a little bit fun here, do you think I'm going to say first up? One day. Okay, let's see. Uh, Rockstar Spud. Yes, Rockstar Did you get Spud? Spud. No. Oh, <laughs> I forgot he was even there. Which I don't know how I can. You ran after Dixie Carter all that time, <laughs> sucking up it, but that was a good time. No, I went for the one and only Sammy Callahan. Oh. Now, oh, I'm thinking you did the same. Oh, Just looking at how can you go past Sammy Callahan, man? He had one of the greatest feuds I've ever seen with Tesha Blanchfield. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Man, it, it was violent. Very, very violent. One of, one of the most violent, brutal things ever. And I don't think many other dudes could have pulled that off right there. But Sammy Callahan just absolutely is my kind of wrestler right there, man. I've, he's just been, well, I guess we've both had him on our list. Well, what did you have there? So I also um, pictured his other very memorable feud with Ken Shamrock. Now, Ken Shamrock, a very big part of TNA history, their first ever champion back in the day. And he looks like a grizzled vet and he got absolutely taken to Al Bundy, man. He looks like (laughs) Al Bundy on steroids. If you look at Ken Shamrock these days, that's the only way. But yes, I'm sorry to chop you off there. No, no, you're spot on there because Ken Shamrock does look like, like, it looks like he spent all the quarantine in the gym. (laughs) (laughs) He hasn't, he must be like, Legitimately not being funny here, he'd have to be 60, Woody, but he looks fantastic for his age. And yeah, I remember that Callahan feud so well. That was a violent piece of work there. And I believe after it, they teamed up there for a while, yeah. didn't they? Like yeah. Sammy had him under his spell or something like is that how it went? It, it was something and, it was something along the lines of like, you know, like I need like the world's most dangerous man on my side because I'm the world's most dangerous man, sort of thing. And and it was just so bizarre too, because it just looked like because I think it to me, it sort of looked like, you know, like, man, Callahan just beat up a pensioner and now he's got him <laughs> being his buddy. <laughs> but how do you do that? So you're pulling off, you've beaten the absolute hell out of a girl or the girl beat him in the end sort of thing. I, I'm pretty sure Tessa did. And then yeah, she Tessa went, did. And she got the championship. Yeah. She got the championship and then she just disappeared. Mm. Um, He beat up a pensioner. He beat up a girl. Like, that was some brutal matches. It was but brutal. Yeah. Yet, we still like him. He's still there. He's the number one person that you think of of TNA or Impact Wrestling to this day. If you can pull that off, I think you're doing something pretty special right there, Azor. Well, what about his other stuff too? Like the OVE stuff? That was just mental. Oh, man. No doubt was it mental. I've got it here. Ohio versus everything. They were great. Dave and Jake Chris right there. Madman Fulton, who I love who has teamed up with Ace Austin. I forgot mm-hmm. to put him in. He's another notable guy for the new age, man. Like 
well, that actually gives it away that it's, he's not my name. <laughs> but yeah, there's just some phenomenal talent happening right now. Um, yeah, OVE was the kind of coolest faction, I believe, since the NWO. I thought that was really cool. Uh, big props to Violent by Design too, VBD, which is happening right now. Like, right I now, think that's yeah. Pretty- yeah, pretty cool faction that they've got happening there, which I'd like to see a lot of that old school stuff coming back into wrestling. I'm not sure about you, but I, I think it's cool. That's something that we do need to just quickly mention. Now, um, Violent by Design, like Eric Young, name something that Eric Young has been a part of in TNA that wasn't money. Like yeah. everything that he has done, it was so cool. And I'd, now that I think about it, I'm like, well, I really should have put Eric Young in there. And that's the thing. When we were making this list, there is no right answers here. There's no wrong answers here. It's just there is that much stuff to limit it to just four names is crazy. But that's what we're going to try to do. You mentioned to OVE. How about some of their matches with Santana and Ortiz? Like the new LAX. They were pretty brutal too. The new LAX, man. Wow. You sort of forget that that even happened. But that they had some absolutely amazing matches right there. Good callers are. Yeah, there was that too. Well, let's not forget um, the Lucha Brothers as well with Pentagon and Ray Phoenix. Oh, that- man. And you talk about Callahan doing stuff on his own. Those matches with Eddie Edwards, like remember Eddie Edwards as part of the Wolves when they had that weird like little scratch paint on them and stuff like that, like yeah, the, the wall scratch. And where they had that. But then somehow it's like when Eddie Edwards got into matches with Sammy Callahan, he turned into a psychopath. Like that was nothing like the Wolves, Eddie Edwards, which was I thought yeah, was really yeah. cool. The Sammy Callahan just brings out the worst and best in people, I think, right there. But I think it's a pretty special wrestler when you can be a flat-out heel like that and people still like you. Mm. You know what I mean? And he takes it to the next level. And I've also got a note here that he I just love his jack-o'-lantern tattoo. That is so... <laughs> Uh, that's so me right there. I uh, can't get enough of Sammy Callahan. I hope that we can line him up one day too for maximum impact because man, he is just cool. And there's a cool little thing on the, the impact plus app too. Like if you can check it out is Sammy's got his own little show on there, which is a bunch of fun. And it sort of shows a more lighthearted side hmm. to him. Sammy Callahan, also a very big Nintendo 64 wrestling game fan as well. Loves N64 wrestling games. Yeah, all about the old school right there. And you were talking before about Alex Shelley and Chris Saban. I forgot to bring him up too because Saban, also a big-time gamer, funnily enough. So AJ Styles as well. Seems like they'd fit in well with you boys. Hey, the, the, the old school just playing games, watching wrestling, loving it. What's pretty funny too is so Sammy Callahan. Um, I, I don't know. Do you remember um, CJ Parker in NXT, the hippie dude? I do don't remember him by name, but I remember the hippie dude. So yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with yes. Yeah, yeah. So he's wrestling in Japan now as the Juice Robinson. Like, and he's doing really, really good stuff there. So wow. he teamed up with Sammy Callahan. He's part of um, Finn Juice at the moment. Oh, Finn Juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was just on the last episode of Impact. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So he, when he was teaming up with Sammy Callahan, their tag team was called Death Juice. <laughs> <laughs> Death juice is kind of better than fin juice because every time I hear fin juice, I think bin juice. Yeah. Like, like the, stuff <laughs> the, the stuff you, you get like, at the bottom of your wheelie bin, just in case. It's like, Gra- why do you want to call your freaking tag team bin juice? It sounds like. Yeah. For, anyone, for, for anyone that's listening outside of uh, Australia and doesn't know what bin juice is. So we've got like these little wheelie bins thing that we sort of put out onto the curb. And I don't know how, but somehow like you, they just at the bottom you get this weird liquid that's just oh vile yeah binge juice it's all the yeah 
Yeah, so trash can, I guess, right there. So you may as well call yourself trash can juice. That's all I hear when I hear it. But yeah, those guys doing pretty big things in impact right now, man. The, the state of that company or this company is so big, man. Yeah, going great. Going absolutely great too. So Sammy Callahan was my pick. So I might just go to my second pick, uh, which is kind of from, uh, it's not quite new school uh, TNA slash impact but it's definitely well past the glory days because i reckon that this guy is someone that is overlooked a fair bit and i want to talk about e c3 oh man it's funny that you say e c3 because i definitely put him in the new school era of him because yes no Yes, and I know that you're a massive fan of this guy, but I didn't think you were going to say that. So, yes, continue, my man. Love EC3 because, first off, his character was so damn good when it came out. The 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 nephew of Dixie Carter. That was yeah. just so cool. The vignettes. Remember how, like, people would chant at him, like, you know, you can't wrestle. And then he'd be like, yes, I can. It's like, you can't <laughs> wrestle. I'm quite yeah. good. You yeah. can't wrestle. <laughs> It's funny too, before you continue on with that as all, like you're talking about EC3, you were talking about before, who were you saying? Do you, do you find these guys wrestle better or seem to do better when they're in impact? Like they've had steeds in the WWE, hmm. but they, you know, they come back here like Eric Young's who I was thinking of. Eric Young didn't yeah. do anywhere near as good over in WWE, but he comes back here and it's like, whoa. Yeah. Eric Same Young- with EC3. Eric Young was one of those cats where it's just like, I don't know how, like he had a little good run in NXT when he did Sanity with uh, Nikki Cross and all that uh, and Killian Dane. But when he got to like Raw and SmackDown, he kind of got lost in the shuffle. And I reckon yeah. with guys like that, the smaller platform sort of helps him a little bit because it's like, I don't know, like it's, it'd be really easy to completely dominate the summer league. But if you were picked in like the starting lineup for, yeah. you know, the Clippers, you might struggle for game time, I reckon. Very great. Um, analogy there. Sorry, man. Keep going. I just thought oh. I'd throw my five cents in there. No, of course, dude. Two cents Canadians always welcome around here. But <laughs> the thing that I loved about EC3 too is like he actually had some bang up matches too. Like he had some pretty horrific, violent matches with Drew Galloway, now Drew McIntyre. Remember, Drew, stand up for wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I know it's very well. It's not off topic, but he gives the J. Sal Herbert, Drew McIntyre. Man, I love this. We used to always love. We used to always picture when we'd watch these uh, matches with Drew Galloway that he'd be in car rides with uh, with Herbs. They'd be like driving around, oh, driving around Australia, and he'd be like, "So you tell me that you hate this Tepper guy? What's <laughs> wrong with him, Jason? What do you mean oh. you want to kill the guy? I thought he's your best <laughs> friend. You've known him for over thirty-five years." <laughs> And then he'd be cutting promos to like all these people. Like he'd go to like a local show in Adelaide because that's what Drew was doing. He'd fly all over the yeah. world and wrestle there and do promos, how he's happy to be in Melbourne and stuff like that. I'd be thinking like, you know, I'm so happy to be here in Adelaide. I've drawn here with my buddy, JSL Herbert. And all he was doing in the car ride for five hours is talk about how much he hates Ned Tepper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this man right here. I mean, you cannot watch wrestling with a more funny guy. And this is the sort of banter that we had all the time. Drew McIntyre and JSL Herbert stories. Man, oh, you're taking me back right there. You but almost yes, wish that those two did actually meet one day. It would not be anywhere near as fun as you make it out. It'd be Drew talking and Jay sitting there going, Nope. Can we stop at the Maccas? <laughs> <laughs> 
I think that's you're giving him a lot of credit if you think he'd say that. This is true. Uh, he'd, probably, he'd probably like then pay out. Um, I'm sure he's like, oh, Drew never stopped it anywhere. Did you ask him? <laughs> <laughs> Our buddy Jay, my buddy by choice, I should point out. Yes, uh, but yeah, uh, going going back to EC3, like he also had some pretty good matches with Matt Hardy. He had a great feud with Bully Ray. I talk about Rockstar Spud as well. They had a massive blood feud. I'm talking like a hair versus hair match that was just just brutal. Rockstar Spud can bump like an absolute champion too. Kurt Angle he had some good matches with too, and he even had a cool feud with Sting. So I reckon EC3 very much underrated. He did some pretty good stuff in NXT, but left NXT pretty quickly and got called up to Raw and basically did absolutely nothing there. But uh, he's got some pretty cool stuff going on. He returned to Impact earlier this year and um, or actually last year. It's weird how the years just sort of blend into each other a little bit. But yeah, looking completely different, completely reinvented himself. He had a really cool match with uh, Matt Cardona. It was almost deathmatch-like in this thing called Free the Narrative. Very, very cool. But uh, yeah, EC3, definitely a guy that I reckon doesn't get his due. Well, what's happening with him at the moment as well? Like, is he still floating around in Impact? Because I haven't seen him on there in a while. He's not doing much in Impact at the moment because like, he's still very good mates with Moose. Like they're very oh, good yeah. friends outside, but he's doing some cool stuff at Ring of Honor at the moment. Oh, there you go. That's where he is right there. Hmm. Another one of those wrestlers that, yeah, uh, just when you're talking about him being Dixie Carter's nephew and all that sort of thing, I, he'd come out with that sort of pretty boy sort of whatever, but the I'm pretty suits. sure. And he was, he was all against hardcore wrestling. Is that right? And that's mm-hmm. when he had the feud with Bully Ray. And then, yeah, they had a hardcore match and all that sort of stuff. And like a, I'm pretty sure, man. It's like the old man brain ticking over. But yeah, he, he was a great one. That was so cool because EC3 he had all those like, you know, Versace suits and all of this stuff and, you know, this and that. And then he had Bully Ray, like, you know, in his singlets and his New Yorker kind of accent. It was yeah, such exactly. a such a cool little mix of styles there. But yeah, EC3 gets my vote there. But Nanny, who's your last cat that you've got off the lineup? All right, man. I'm going to go. We've talked about Alex Shelley. We've talked about Chris Saban. We've talked about that style of wrestling. And I think this guy reminds me a lot of those two guys. It is, of course, Trey Miguel. Now, I reckon he's an up-and-coming. Like, I was looking into him a little bit. He's like 25, 26 years old. This guy is an absolute beast, man. And I think he's got a very bright future ahead of him. I don't know what your thoughts on him are as well. But, man, he did some great stuff with the Rascals and... Like I said, he reminds me of the Motor City Machine Guns with that high-flying action. And I just, man, I just love every match and whatnot he takes part of. He's kind of got that same sort of like, I don't want to call him a cruiserweight because I think he's a little bit bigger than that. But he's almost got that like junior heavyweight sort of feel where he's still a big sort of cat. He can do all the power stuff. But much like Alex Shelley, and you're right, it's a very good mold to sort of fit in like that kind of... um, almost like an Austin Aries sort of style. Yeah, very much so. Where you could sort of see them mixing it up, not just in the X division, but also in the heavyweight division as well. So yeah, that's that's a one out of left field there. I wouldn't have thought of that one. Yeah, he's he has had that interesting crossover where he does do a lot of his stuff in the X division and just recently even just absolutely carved it off. But he did have like a very gruesome battle with Sammy Callahan at one stage as well. Do you remember that? Like... This guy, I think, is the future of Impact Wrestling. That's how much I've got on his 
back right there. And the other guys from the Rascals, they apparently upped and left. I didn't even sort of know what happened to them. Apparently yeah. they went to NXT. Is that right? Yeah, they're in NXT right now. They're called MSK. Uh, they're actually they're actually the tag team champions right now in NXT. Like, so they they obviously um they've got the rocket strapped to them a little bit, which is kind of cool to see. They actually yeah. teamed up at the most recent takeover, um, or at least the, the most recent um like nxt special edition because they okay because they not only have takeovers they have like you know weekly specials like a great american bash or a halloween havoc but they teamed up with uh an aussie guy bronson reed very cool cat from adelaide oh that is cool to hear right there and speaking of aussie guys there's rumor has it on one of these tna forums that i'm in at the moment that buddy murphy he was of course released from the wwe that he might be heading our way in the impact world have you heard anything on that I have heard um, there was some big rumors there, and I was really, really disappointed that he didn't pop up at Slammiversary because that would have been really cool. But Bound for Glory is coming up in a couple of months' time in Las Vegas. There'll be a crowd. should be so cool to see. And Bound for Glory is TNA's WrestleMania. So if there's ever a spot to make an impact, and just think of some of the matches that Buddy Murphy can do. Now, we saw what Rich Swan did when he came to WWE. We've seen, I'm sorry, when he left WWE and came to TNA. People sometimes just have a, they have like a switch and a chip on their shoulder sometimes when they come into Impact. And if Buddy Murphy goes to Impact, I'm all in. Oh, man. You've interviewed him once, haven't you, Buddy Murphy? Yep. Talked about the Carlton Football Club and whatnot on your WWE, a Grey Wolf Wrestling side of things right there. Said he's a pretty stand-up sort of guy, which I, I'd love to see more Aussies in there with Tennille Dashwood and, and making moves. Impact Wrestling. I just love it. On the topic of that, before we quickly wrap up, we need to mention Slammiversary, a very, very cool pay-per-view. Nettie, I don't know how much of uh, Slammiversary you watched, but how much of a difference does having a crowd back make? Oh man, even though they were clearly on crowd restrictions right there, it makes like an absolute difference. It was just popping. You could really, you could feel the energy through the TV almost. It just makes a hell of a difference. And it's exciting times. Does that mean like they're going to, I'm sort of, I think America is very much in front of us on the lockdown situation and stuff at the moment. You see them all out partying. Yeah. The Milwaukee Bucks and all those guys going through the streets, no masks on, just great times. It looks like a just another world it really really is another world yeah but the thing that i loved about bound for glory is you could tell every single match everyone that was in that ring really loved having a crowd there because for months for months they've been performing without crowds and i think i've said this to you um just in our private chats Nettie. like you know it's such a crime that no one can watch impact uh like there's no live crowds there because it's some of the best work that you we're seeing at the moment yeah, I probably, I remember that conversation quite well. You're like, oh, I cannot wait, the words of a Minazor here, until live crowds are back because TNA is doing their best work they've done in years right now, or Impact Wrestling is, and it's going to be very interesting to see how the crowd responds and we got our first taste of it at Slammiversary and they were happy. They were most definitely happy and it, it would just be very interesting to see like moving forward, you know, like you said, you've got your bound for glory coming up and hopefully the live shows coming up for their impacts and whatnot, just to see how much the crowd does get behind this, what we've been witnessing, but yeah, crowdless. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. Get, get onto impact too. Don't sleep on it. It's very, very cool. But uh, Nettie, you got any final words? Because I think there is something that we've both forgotten to mention on our list. So I reckon that we'll, we'll give them a little moment now. A wrestler that we both haven't spoke about yet, and it surprised me, probably because of our old man brain, but 
We got to talk. <laughs> Could about- be more notable athletes, but let's see who you got. <laughs> we got to talk about Abyss. Oh, the monster Abyss. <laughs> it was not on my notes at all. Well, it was not on my notes either. That's that's. <laughs> I went crazy with Abyss on episode one, and it's like I forgot that the man exists. He had a feud against himself, I believe. Abyss versus... Uh, Joseph Park. Yeah, Joseph Park. I was going to say Alex Park. Man, of course, Abyss is like... You think TNA, you, Abyss is right up there with those AJ Styles, Samoa Joes. Like, he should have been there, of course. Mm. It's man. funny. It's funny. We spent we spent like about a good forty odd minutes talking about how like you know oh man you know you talk about Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels <laughs> these guys are, these are your your foundation blocks and it's taken us to the end to sort of go wasn't there another guy oh yeah Abyss <laughs> that's right <laughs> of course I, he has had some of the most crazy brutal matches I've ever seen throughout there you want to check out Abyss at his best definitely in TNA I guess he hasn't really wrestled much elsewhere but oh. damn. Hey, but you want to see him actually like mix it up with some good dudes. Like I'm talking Rob Van Dam, Sting, AJ Styles, the list that goes on. And him and Father James Mitchell as a combo was so cool. But yeah, so Abyss, if you're listening, we at least remembered you towards the end, brother. Yeah, but then you just go and throw out another name right there, Rob Van Dam. Like, yes, you know, he was wrestling as soon as like not even six months ago sort of thing. He's still doing great stuff all Mm. in this amazing federation, total nonstop action Mm. all about it. Nimi, I did have some notable athletes. You might be with me on this. I think you will be Eddie Edwards. Yep. Definitely about him a little bit earlier. He has just done some absolutely amazing things in impact. This one, I think you'll be all over as well. You were talking about him with EC3 earlier. Yeah. You see a lot of these former like NFL players and such come in and think they can wrestle and, you know, big badass guys come in and just look silly. Moose did the work though. He did. And he's still doing the work and he's, he's a notable wrestler. Now I look at him now and I think, man, this is one guy that's come in, you know, he's just, Coming in, he's really made a name for himself, I believe, as more of a wrestler than just a former NFL football player. So I've had him down there. You mentioned him as well. You mentioned both of these next three that I had down on my notables Ace Austin, uh, I mean, Austin Aries, what am I talking about? And Rich Swan. Yeah, so as you can see, the wealth of talent, like we could be here for hours upon hours. We could do a three-hour Jeff Jarrett-style podcast talking about some of the great names that have come through the doors of TNA. But you know what, Lila, who are we missing? Because we're both old and we do forget stuff. So Here's one. Best ever, before I cut you, I've just cut you off anyway, best ever. The Johnny Swinger gimmick is just absolutely, I cannot get enough of Johnny Swinger. It is just brilliant. It is brilliant TV. <laughs> See, there is just so much good stuff that if you can get your hands on Impact, get Impact Plus, check it out for yourself. But like like I just said, there is plenty more names that we've probably forgotten. But remind us, put in the comments here on our Facebook page. Let us know because we'll, we might even go through some of uh, your suggestions in the next episode of uh, Maximum Impact. But I'll tell you what, Nettie, it has been a lot of fun going back and looking at some of these great names, talking about some of these great names that have gone through impact and are still there now that are still wrestling. Some of them, their careers are done and dusted, but it's, it just goes to show you the wealth of talent this company had and still has. Could not agree on more Azor. This has been an absolutely fun episode talking about my favorite wrestling impact wrestling. Got to love it right there. And Hey, we'll be back for episode three. I guess like we've had, you know, the, the evolution, what, how, what are we going to get into next? 
Man, I reckon the next thing that we talk about uh, is some of the cool little gimmicks that we loved about TNA. The Monsters Ball match, the uh, lockdown pay-per-view, things like that. Like the six sides, the King of the Mountain match. There have been some very cool stuff that have been in a TNA ring and a TNA ring only. So I reckon we'll touch on that in the next edition of Maximum Impact. Yeah, I like that, man. I immediately think of the Fire Russo chants. People are there, the Fire Russo, and I'm like, man, I'm loving this. What are you talking about? (laughs) But we've got a lot to get through. We will chat about it in the next edition of Maximum Impact. Nettie, it's been a lot of fun. Let's do it again soon. Oh, yeah, my brother. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.